The Lake of the Ozarks' only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks. 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, February 1st. School of the Osage says they're not changing the school mascot. The removal of the Osage Indian mascot from the walls of the gym at Heritage Elementary had people worried. Some folks wondered whether the district would be changing its mascot, but the district's director of communications says they're just updating the facilities. The district says it's proud to be School of the Osage, home of the Indians. This year's Lake of the Ozarks Eagle Days brought an estimated 1,300 people to enjoy seeing local birds of prey in action. The World Bird Sanctuary featured species of birds that had not been showcased at the event before. The Encore Lakeside Grill opened their doors, and Dickerson Park Zoo brought two different programs, vendors, and contests. If you missed this year, Eagle Days 2024 is already scheduled for January 6th. And two people were injured Monday in a crash on Highway 5. 41-year-old Joshua Johnson was driving when the vehicle began to skid, ran out the right side of the road, and collided with an embankment. The vehicle overturned and ejected both people. Johnson and 36-year-old Emily Compton both sustained moderate injuries and were transported to Lake Regional Hospital. According to the report, neither Compton nor Johnson was wearing a seatbelt. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. We've got some uh, college hoops on the way tonight. Mizzou having a great season. The Tigers 16-5. and They come off a win over number 12 Iowa State over the weekend. They look to keep it rolling tonight at home against LSU. Mizzou 16-5. and The MSU Bears just 11-11 struggling this year. They're at home tonight as well against Valpo. Of course, the Chiefs with a little time off to get ready for the Super Bowl. They will take on the Eagles a week from Sunday. Philly installed as the early slight favorite to win that. Of course, the Eagles coming off the huge blowout win over the injury-riddled 49ers. The Chiefs got a last-second win at home over Cincinnati to advance, but the Chiefs, a lot of injuries too. They're going to have to heal up if they're going to win that one. The Chiefs and Eagles have been the best teams really in the NFL all year long record-wise. Both teams 16-3 and going into the Super Bowl. Ought to be a good one. High school hoops taking a break until Friday night. Camdenton will be busy at home against Parkview. Versailles will be on the road to play Osage. In fact, we'll have those games for you on Lake TV Friday night. 
First the girls game and then the boys game. Versailles at Osage. Friday night, the girls tip off at 6, and the boys right after that on Lake TV. Eldon will be busy at home against Fulton Friday, a top-10 team in the state, and uh, that ought to be a tough one for the Mustangs there. St. Louis Blues off until Saturday when they entertain the Coyotes. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the Community Spotlight Show. Get to know a local leader a lot better. Find out where they came from, how they got to where they are, and so much more. It's a Community Spotlight Show on Lake TV at 902, 302, and 702 every day. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Lake TV brings you five local shows to let you know what's going on and help you get to know our area's movers and shakers. Lake TV also brings you live high school football and basketball and a weekly coaches show. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. Jumpstart the new year and increase your customer base by getting in front of hundreds of potential clients at the annual Home, Business, and Lake Living Expo. The 2023 Expo is scheduled for February 17th and 18th at the Regalia Hotel and Conference Center. In just one weekend, you can showcase your products and services to full-time and secondary homeowners while also networking with fellow businesses. Booth space is filling up fast, so be sure to reserve your spot today. Visit CamdenChamber.com for full event details and to download your exhibitor application. We're introducing something new on Key Radio called Ozark's Voices. Express yourself anytime on the air without commitments or radio skills. Just email billm at orioncenter.org and I'll contact you about recording anything from five minutes to a half hour. We can record by phone or in my office or you can record it and send it to me. It can be a monologue or a conversation, whatever works best for you. Then I'll produce it as part of an Ozarks Voices show on Key Radio. Any topic is fine. Hobbies, comments about lake happenings, conspiracy theories, or say hi to Grandma. I'll make sure you sound great. Send a message to billm at orioncenter.org. That's B-I-L-L-M at O-R-I-O-N-C-E-N-T-E-R dot org. And be a part of Ozarks Voices.
thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, the key. Hi there, it is 808. Good morning. Wow, we might get some sunshine today. We might also see something along the lines of, am I seeing this correctly? Uh, no, 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 I'm <laughs> not. I'm not seeing this correctly. A mix of clouds and sun early, followed by a cloudy sky this afternoon. That's one of the things about wintertime. You know, it's cold, obviously. But the clouds and the cold, I think that, um, hmm, I think that it just kind of brings everybody down a little bit. Hopefully, we'll start to uh, shed the clouds and sun for some uh, clouds some sun, and some warmer temperatures as we get into the weekend and begin next week. 37, the high today with that mix of clouds and sun early, followed by the cloudy sky, and then cloudy tonight, a low of 23 degrees. As we look ahead, sunny tomorrow at a high of 46, sunny and 36 on Friday. But then we'll get into the weekend where we'll see some clouds and 53 on Saturday, sunny and 57 on Sunday. Cloudy and 61 on Monday. Some rain possible, about a 45% chance, and a high of around 50. And then partly cloudy and 51 a week from today, next Wednesday. So, And uh, the way things are shaping up, it looks like we'll see some upper 40s and 50s following that as we get into the month of February. Today, of course, February the 1st, 2023. Welcome to it. You know what tomorrow is, right? Groundhog Day. A day where if the groundhog sees his shadow, they anticipate uh, six more weeks of winter weather. Well, <laughs> I don't necessarily know about you, but Groundhog Day, and I, I put up a poll question on my Facebook page this morning, if you'd like to check that out. And you can also see what's uh, going on right here in studio with the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live camera. Put up a poll question. Do you celebrate Groundhog Day? I guess some people do. Some people need a reason to celebrate. But I don't know if a lot of folks around here celebrate Groundhog Day. Lake level, by the way, at 658.23, river level at 559.97. The surface water temperature is 40 degrees. And it is a beautiful day at the Lake of the Ozarks. Good morning to all of you listening as well on 89.3, keyradio.live, and our free apps, the wonderful free apps for your Androids and uh, iPhones. Good morning, David. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Brian. Brian says, Groundhog Stew? <laughs> I guess if you are into that sort of thing. Now, Bill Mulder and I have talked about doing squirrel and dumplings and doing it out by an open fire, cooking it in a Dutch oven. Sounds good to me. I'm a big fan of squirrel anyway. Squirrel's pretty good to eat. So we are uh, getting ready for, of course, another beautiful day at the lake. And uh, as far as the program is concerned, we'll take some time this hour to hear from you. 573-633-5395, the key radio community hotline. If you've got something on your mind, something you'd like to talk about. 
I heard some interesting news as far as the city of Lake Ozark is concerned. And I do believe we might have somebody in to talk about that. I was hit up on my uh, personal message board by someone I know very well, some folks that I know very well. But um, it's going to be an interesting conversation, to say the least. It involves the mayoral race in Lake Ozark. And I won't say anything now, but uh, I will wait till we get the uh, guest in to talk about it, probably one day next week. Coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, of course, the true history professor, Professor Jim Paisley, will join me in studio. And his topic this week, the U.S. and our allies loaning tanks to Ukraine. Can we do that? Have we done something similar in the past? What was the Lend-Lease Act of 1941? Are we seeing history repeat itself with the Lend-Lease Act of 2022? Tune in at 9.10 this morning and find out when we are joined in studio here at the World Headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors by Professor Jim Paisley. Always a great conversation, always a learning opportunity, as they say. I want to thank all of our great supporters of Key Radio. Of course, you, if you're tuning in this morning to find out what's going on. Uh, also, thanks to our uh, sponsors, the good folks at uh, Adair's. HMI Fireplace Shop, our friends at Culligan. Hey, Culligan, man! I want to thank Matt Phillips for uh, supplying us with some water for our event, our key radio after-hours event that we had last Thursday at the VFW Post in Camdenton. And thanks to everybody who showed up, including our star power. We had uh, a lot of folks that had the opportunity to speak, including Bradley Berg with Encompassed Purpose. And Bradley is, uh, he is getting into a new realm, starting a new gig. But he will still be involved heavily in Encompassed Purpose as well. And we'll keep you uh, keep you abreast of the situation there. I'm on the board of Encompassed Purpose. And we've got some big things planned for you as we get into 2023. We we'll also want to thank uh, the presiding commissioner of Camden County, Ike Skelton. The true history professor. Speaking of Jim Paisley, he was one of our speakers on Thursday night. Also... Matt Burns, who heads up the BS Nation and the Burned Report. And uh, certainly you can't have a discussion or an event without the one and only gadfly, Dave Maupin, being in the house. And Dave was there. He uh, said a few words as well to the uh, crowd that showed up. And I want to thank everybody again, all of our chili cookers, all of you who supported Key Radio at our first Key Radio After Hours. We will uh, maybe have some more of those down the road. Bill Munhausen did a fantastic job, as always, of uh, preparing for the event, made sure we had everything we needed. And so it was a good time. Certainly was. 8.15. So what is uh, on the agenda? Some things that we can talk about. Something I saw, and this is probably something we need to get a hold of our uh, good buddy Dan Wass, who heads up the Loaded Mic program which is heard on key radio, as a matter of fact. To talk about uh, something that I guess is uh, pretty huge for the Biden administration, and in particular those folks who are all about gun control, a Biden judge delivers gun industry, a huge win in New Jersey. 
says that a federal judge in New Jersey on Tuesday iced a new law celebrated by liberals that would allow the state to shut down and likely bankrupt the firearms industry if a single gun were misused in a crime. U.S. District uh, Court Judge Zahid Qureshi, a Biden appointee, said that he agreed with the gun industry that the New Jersey law was likely unconstitutional and granted the National Shooting Sports Foundation a preliminary injunction. The judge, in a 20-page opinion, said that the New Jersey law signed last summer by Governor Phil Murphy ignored a larger federal law that protects the makers of guns and other items from being dragged into court when somebody misuses their product. Now, I think we talked about this before, and we talked about it from the standpoint that, uh, well... You know, there's a lot of things that people could use to commit a crime, not just guns, right? We've seen people uh, drive through parades and vehicles. We've heard of people using bricks and knives. And I guess anything, I guess if you went into a grocery store and you saw somebody you didn't like or somebody was giving you a hard time, and rather than just, um, well, rather than just standing there and taking it, you decided to pick up a can and smack them upside the head with it. I guess that certainly is a possibility. You had words with this person, and you didn't like the words that uh, this person had for you, so essentially what you did was you uh, grabbed a can or a jar and you smacked them upside the head with it. Is the manufacturer of the product and or the jar or or the can, are they responsible for your little uh, your little demonstration of not liking what someone had to say to you? Well, of course not. Horishi said that the uh, the federal two thousand five Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act provides immunity to gun and ammo makers and sellers against the types of public nuisance laws Murphy championed. The court is mindful that firearms are inherently dangerous and even more so in the wrong hands, but it is also mindful that the PLCAA embodies Congress's earnest efforts to balance those dangers against the national interest in protecting access to firearms, wrote the judge. Other states are considering similar laws, and the NSSF is fighting one recently okayed in New York. It is likely that uh, Kashari's order will stall. It says here, a staller end some of those efforts because he so thoroughly shot down New Jersey's A1765 law. Mark Olivia, the spokesman for the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the industry trade group, told Secrets it's a basic understanding of tort law. It's the foundation of the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act that anyone that criminally misuses a firearm or a product is responsible for the damages caused by their crime, not the person that lawfully made, lawfully sold that product. In an initial filing last November, the NSSF said the New Jersey law is squarely preempted by federal law. In the late 1990s and early 2000s, several state and local governments sought 
to use novel applications of common law theories like negligence and nuisance to impose civil liability on manufacturers and sellers of firearms and ammunition when third parties misuse their products. Congress saw these lawsuits for what they were, unconstitutional efforts to stamp out lawful and constitutionally protected activity. In less legalistic language, Olivia added, you don't sue Ford and Budweiser when someone gets into a drunk driving accident and causes the death of another individual. That's the responsibility of who broke the law. Olivia added that guns in in some states, ammo and parts, first require buyers to pass an FBI background check, and that the guns many of the public nuisance laws are going to uh, are going after rather are owned or trafficked illegally by criminals. In its case, filed against New Jersey Attorney General Matthew Platkin, the NSSF charged that the state was readying an assault on the gun industry with the goal of bankrupting it. So thank goodness this judge saw this for exactly what it was, an unconstitutional attempt to bankrupt the gun industry, and said, no, sorry, not going to happen. I'm sure they'll try to appeal it. And more importantly, maybe they try to get people behind the appeal and say, well, guess what, folks? We're not done here. They can get some of these uh, groups and organizations behind it. Good morning, Sean. Good morning. But I think it makes sense uh, if it was a situation where somebody has too much to drink and gets behind the wheel of a vehicle, then there would be, uh, I guess, a lot of alcohol producers, companies that produce uh, beer, companies that produce liquor, and certainly car makers that would be out of business by now. So there you go. Sean says, next Saturday we are having Spam Fest at Casablanca. Spam, games, fun. Noon to 5, February 11th, 5 p.m., we will crown the Spam Queen. Well, Sean, what can you tell me about this? Spam. Is it? Uh, is there going to be a Spam, uh, let's say, cook-off of sorts? How people can find and create new and exciting ways to uh, to make spam. Getting into this business many years ago, spam was a regular staple of my diet, much like ramen noodles and things that are cheap, hot dogs, bologna. When you're new in the radio business and you're not making a lot of money, heck, I've never made a lot of money at this gig. But uh, you find new and creative ways to improve upon a product adding little bits here and little bits there when you're bored and you're looking for something to do. You want to be able to create something that is uh, economical, yet delicious. Sean said it benefits a Dogwood Animal Shelter and Paws Place. Gun control has nothing to do with keeping people safe, but rather to keep the tyrants in government safe. That's true. Inevitably, they take the gun and they make it into some form of uh, a bad guy. 
It's the gun's fault. The gun is what committed the crime. No, the person who had the firearm in their possession. That is exactly right. Because uh, if we can find a way to... um, (laughs) If we can find a way to disarm the citizenry, then guess what? We can impose our will on these people. And we don't necessarily have to do it the way we're doing it now. And I think that makes all the sense in the world. Certainly, if we don't have a means of fighting back against our government. And, you know, here's the thing. They make they make such a big deal out of January the 6th, 2021. And I think this is one of the reasons why. Because people decided to rise up against the government. And these people in Congress said, well, we're not going to have any of this. These people are going to be... They're going to be charged in some instances as domestic terrorists. How dare you show up in Washington, D.C. and do what you did? How dare you? And, of course, the fall guy in all of this, former President Donald Trump. How come when someone has a car accident while drunk and kills someone, we don't blame the alcohol companies? Do people try to sue Jack Daniels? I would, uh, you know, David, I would say that just about anything is fair game at this point. And you could probably try. Will you be successful? I don't know. But if you uh, get a lawyer to back you, more than likely, uh, regardless of the outcome, the lawyer is going to make some money on this. And how much? Well, I guess that is up to how they decide to charge you. If they charge you for every email, for every phone call, Uh, For preparing all of your legal documents, I would imagine they're going to make some money off this deal. and They'll expect you to pay that uh, legal bill. Sean says, 20th year of Spam Fest, a bunch of old lake guys. We will be giving cholesterol tests before and after. Uh, I think it might be worth checking this out. It might be worth checking this out. Spam Fest at Casablanca. On Saturday, February 11th, from noon until 5, it benefits the Dogwood Animal Shelter and Paws Place. So let's see what we can come up with. Should be a fun event, if for no other reason, to see how people, uh, like I said, I don't know, is there a a spam cook-off of sorts going on here? New and creative ways to serve spam. I know it... uh, it works very well if you fry it in a pan, put some cheese on it, get a couple of slices of bread, some tomato, and whatever your favorite uh, condiment is, ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, barbecue sauce, yum-yum sauce, sriracha. <laughs> Can you tell I've done this before? I think that's the important thing about it. They say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and that certainly comes to how you prepare certain things. Sounds like you might be the right person. Well, I don't know. Do you need a judge? (laughs) I think I've actually got something going on on February the 11th. I'll have to double-check my calendar, but I think I've got something going on. But noon until 5 should give me ample time to swing by. And see what's going on. I think that uh, what we do is if there is a spam cook-off of sorts, 
that we bring in the winner, and we also get to meet the Spam Queen. Spam Queen. There are a lot of titles, I'm sure. You know, there's certain county fairs and state fairs and local events where they have a queen. For example, the Dogwood Festival. They have the Dogwood Festival Queen. They have the Junior Miss Dogwood. They have the Little Miss and Mr. Dogwood. As a, as a spam queen, though, what are her duties? Do you have any idea what her duties would be to represent? Does she get any kind of uh, residuals from the company? Have you looked into that? Could she be the local promoter of spam going around to various grocery stores? Let's say on a Saturday while you're shopping, there's the spam queen in the spam aisle serving up spam. And spam has come a long way. <laughs> Sounds like a Monty Python skit. Spam, spam, spam. That's right, Brian. But here's the thing about it. Spam has come such a long way. You've got your traditional spam. You've got, uh, I believe, uh, uh, low-sodium spam. You've got uh, a variety of flavors of spam now. I believe they have uh, turkey bacon flavor or something. Just go in the, the aisle where they have all the canned meats. Like Vienna sausages, I believe it's in there with the uh, the tuna, and other things, the sardines. Who's a big fan of sardines? Show of hands, unless you're driving. Right here, I love sardines. But see, I like all that stuff: brain sandwiches, beef tongue, pig's feet. Followed up by a heaping helping of spam. Oh, you gotta love it. It is 8.30 on the Midwest Coast, folks, and we're ready for our bottom-of-the-hour break. We'll hear from Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com. Chris Schneider with, of course, Lake TV. News, sports, and we're back here with more, including your phone calls on the Key Radio Community Hotline at 573-633-5395. We can talk about spam. We can talk about absolutely anything you want to talk about. And we'll do it on The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, February 1st. School of the Osage says they're not changing the school mascot. The removal of the Osage Indian mascot from the walls of the gym at Heritage Elementary had people worried. Some folks wondered whether the district would be changing its mascot, but the district's director of communications says they're just updating the facilities. The district says it's proud to be School of the Osage, home of the Indians. This year's Lake of the Ozarks Eagle Days brought an estimated 1,300 people to enjoy seeing local birds of prey in action. The World Bird Sanctuary featured species of birds that had not been showcased at the event before. The Encore Lakeside Grill opened their doors, and Dickerson Park Zoo brought two different programs, vendors, and contests. If you missed this year, Eagle Days 2024 is already scheduled for January 6th. And two people were injured Monday in a crash on Highway 5. 
41-year-old Joshua Johnson was driving when the vehicle began to skid, ran out the right side of the road, and collided with an embankment. The vehicle overturned and ejected both people. Johnson and 36-year-old Emily Compton both sustained moderate injuries and were transported to Lake Regional Hospital. According to the report, neither Compton nor Johnson was wearing a seatbelt. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. We've got some uh, college hoops on the way tonight. Mizzou having a great season. The Tigers 16-5. and They come off a win over number 12 Iowa State over the weekend. They look to keep it rolling tonight at home against LSU. Mizzou 16-5. and The MSU Bears just 11-11 struggling this year. They're at home tonight as well against Valpo. Of course, the Chiefs with a little time off to get ready for the Super Bowl. They will take on the Eagles a week from Sunday. Philly installed as the early slight favorite to win that. Of course, the Eagles coming off the huge blowout win over the injury-riddled 49ers. The Chiefs got a last-second win at home over Cincinnati to advance, but the Chiefs, a lot of injuries, too. They're going to have to heal up if they're going to win that one. The Chiefs and Eagles have been the best teams, really, in the NFL all year long, record-wise. Both teams 16-3 and going into the Super Bowl. Ought to be a good one. High school hoops taking a break until Friday night. Camdenton will be busy at home against Parkview. Versailles will be on the road to play Osage. In fact, we'll have those games for you on Lake TV Friday night. First the girls game and then the boys game. Versailles at Osage Friday night. The girls tip off at 6 and the boys right after that on Lake TV. Eldon will be busy at home against Fulton Friday, a top 10 team in the state. And uh, that ought to be a tough one for the Mustangs there. St. Louis Blues off until Saturday when they entertain the Coyotes. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the Community Spotlight Show. Get to know a local leader a lot better. Find out where they came from, how they got to where they are, and so much more. It's a Community Spotlight Show on Lake TV at 902, 302, and 702 every day. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Jumpstart the new year and increase your customer base by getting in front of hundreds of potential clients at the annual Home, Business, and Lake Living Expo. The 2023 Expo is scheduled for February 17th and 18th at the Regalia Hotel and Conference Center. In just one weekend, you can showcase your products and services to full-time and secondary homeowners while also networking with fellow businesses. Booth space is filling up fast, so be sure to reserve your spot today. Visit CamdenTonChamber.com for full event details and to download your exhibitor application. 
This is Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. Not so well known, but nevertheless intriguing, is the South American connection to dinosaurs. Joe Taylor offers a cast at the Mount Blanco Fossil Museum of ceremonial burial stones from the Ica province of Peru, bearing depictions of dinosaur-like creatures. Spanish conquistadors brought back stories about these stones with strange creatures carved on them. They were produced long before the modern discovery of dinosaurs. Over 1,100 of these stones have been collected by Dr. Javier Cabrera, son of the modern discoverer of these artifacts. Skeptics claim they are forgeries because opportunistic locals reproduce them for tourists. But there were no tourists at the time of the conquistadors. The original Ica stones collected by the Cabrera family came from tombs dated to be over a thousand years old and are convincing testimony that living dinosaurs were observed by Peruvian natives. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Key Radio is a nonprofit radio station that works with local residents in the Lake of the Ozarks community. Our goal is to provide a positive platform for content that addresses a variety of topics while also giving people the opportunity to find out more about what's going on in our own backyard. Key Radio uses donations to bring you all of the information. So, if you like what you hear, and you'd like to help us continue our mission, please reach out to us at keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. Businesses, individuals, and content providers power the programming that you hear on Key Radio. To inquire about making your tax-deductible donation, go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio, or call 573-280-0532. 573-280-0532. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Key Gathering Place is presenting an eight-week series created by the Patriot Academy, beginning Friday, February 17, from 6 to 8 p.m. The format is video followed by discussion. Bible believers need to grasp the relationship between serving God and preserving our freedoms. You will learn how America's founders study biblical principles to secure the blessings of liberty. The class is free and an optional workbook is available. Register at www.keygatheringplace.com calendar. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key. 838 right back here on this beautiful Wednesday morning. Yes, some people would say, you're crazy, Burns. You have no idea what you're talking about. Beautiful. What is, what is beautiful about it? And uh, I can tell you that, uh, you know, we're alive to talk about it. So how about them apples? <laughs> I uh, Good morning, Chris Schneider. How in the world are you, sir? Glad to have you on board. And, uh, yeah, Sean, if you want to bring the spam queen by. <laughs> I uh, I would love to meet her, you know, after we get it all said and done. Just get a hold of me and we'll... They're having... Bill LaCasse is in the studio with me. Bill, of course, with SRG Financial Advisors. You can see him on the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio Live Cam. That's right, in studio live cam. They're talking about different things. Uh, they're having a spam fest next Saturday. Nice. At Casablanca on the Strip. And they're uh, raising money. 
for uh, the Dogwood Animal Shelter and Paws Place. So I'm assuming they're making everything out of spam. Is that the? That's what it seems like. It's okay. it's it's going on from noon until five down there. And I thought, man, this is just incredible. And and uh, you know, Sean, to uh, to your benefit, maybe we need to have somebody on next week to kind of promote the event a little bit. So I'll be reaching out to you, and maybe we'll have something on about spam fest. But um, here. In the last several months, this is something you talked about a while back, and that is shortages, right? Right. We we addressed shortages, and we're seeing a lot of that now. Yeah, absolutely. Some people would say they're actual shortages. Other people would say they're man-made shortages created by certain people in order to get people to spend more money and go crazy and depend on the government for our well-being. So yesterday, I went... um, I went to look for a new pair of shoes. Right. Because these wonderful shoes I bought last year uh, that I spent a pretty penny on, well, they just didn't hold up. And I don't know. I I remember being a kid and going through shoes sure. at a pretty good clip, you know. But I'm older now, and I don't do a lot of the things that I used to do when I was that age. You're not playing in the sandbox anymore? Well, on occasion. You know? <laughs> I'll see one and just slip over there. But it, I understand. It looks. It doesn't look good when there's a 57-year-old man and a bunch of little kids sitting in a sandbox. No, it does not. No, it does not. So I got talking to uh, one of the girls that uh, works at uh, a shoe store at the mall. Right. And we uh, were talking about a particular brand of shoe and that these... Uh, shoes aren't you know they they don't have very many of them in stock and i said why is that and she said well according to this company the shoe shortage and she used shoe shortage uh they're not you know letting go of too many pairs of shoes right now for this particular brand name but it kind of leads itself to or lends itself to everything else that we're talking about Mm -hmm. in terms of shortages Mm -hmm. eggs for example Mm-hmm. So eggs were at a decent price. They had this avian flu crisis. All right. Eggs shot through the roof. Right. But the thing about it is, you know, I saw jumbo eggs at a local grocery store mm-hmm. for $11 and some change. Isn't that crazy? So what they're going to do is they're going to jack the prices way up. And right. then they'll bring them down in increments till they get to a point where they feel comfortable where everybody's happy because they've come down from where they were. Like gas prices, but for still example. way higher than what Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and and here's, we'll never see eggs at the prices they were at before this all happened ever again. I, I'm pretty sure I'm accurate when I say this because this is I, this is something I read a couple three weeks ago. But I want to say that there are five percent less eggs being produced right now than there were when the prices were right. cheaper. So I mean, you know, yes, there are less eggs being produced, but we're talking, you know, five percent less, mm-hmm. even if it's ten percent less shouldn't be a three times price in the eggs. Well, they're going to tax. Except they can get it. Well, that's exactly it. Right, and that's that's the problem. More that, people are, are talking yeah. about raising chickens now. And before you go out and buy your chickens, uh, by the way, uh, hold off. Learn what you need to do because I was talking to some folks last week about chickens, and chickens take 
anywhere from about six to nine months to start producing eggs yeah, after right. you get them. Right. Because there's a lot of factors involved. Yeah. So yeah. don't run out and buy a bunch of chickens and think you're going to have eggs within a week. And you got to keep them alive for that six to nine months to get them to start to lay. And Fox you know, and house. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's uh, that's one of the biggest problems we have around here. There's a lot of a lot of predators that uh, like to eat eggs and like to eat chickens. Mm-hmm. You know, all the way down to the neighbor's dog. I mean, that causes a that causes a, some hard feelings when all of a sudden the neighbor's dog is killing your chickens and you know it's it. it I can remember being a kid, and uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but uh, I had a dog that kept killing the neighbor's chickens, and I was 13 years old. I'll never forget my dad handing me the rifle and saying, it's your dog. You're going to have to make the dog go away. Uh-oh. Yeah. And that's, wow. You know, and that was that was kind of the code of the, you. that was people's livelihood. The old yeller scenario. You know, exactly. You wow. Know, that, was the, that was people's livelihood, and you didn't donkey with that. You know, you didn't take away their eggs because you wanted to have a, a cute little pet. Wow. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a life lesson. What are we going to talk about this morning? Today, we're going to talk about taxes. It's that time of year. Yes, it is. You know, it's uh, uh, it, usually by now, it used to be that everybody had to have their 1099s and W-2s and all that stuff were mailed out by the end of January. Almost everybody is now filing for the extension. I say everybody, employers, banks, businesses that uh, uh, deal in money, especially, they they get the exemption to where they don't send out 1099s or W-2s till February 15th. So, um, you know, we're, we're, for some people, they have all their stuff. The filing is open. It's ready to start, uh, ready to start all this, but it's the, uh, uh, it's that, unique time of the year where you know I'm, i you remember i used to always talk about the poor lovely janice how mm-hmm. you know she got buried we've got some new news and i want to share that with everybody but before i get to the new news sure i have to say this absolutely strategies and concepts discussed are for educational purposes only do not represent specific investment tax or state planning advice also want you to remember when we're discussing investment strategies you must remember that investing carries an inherent element of risk we do believe it's in everyone's best interest to consult a financial tax and our legal professional where applicable when planning your specific situation. You also need to know that I'm an investment advisor representative of and I offer securities through USA Financial Securities. They're a member of FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisory firm, and SRG Financial and USA Financial are not affiliated companies. You know, we've been doing taxes for our clients for, oh, geez, gosh, a lot of years. Um, But we have never, ever, ever just kind of opened up tax prep to everybody in the whole wide world. So everybody knows, everybody's heard me talk about the lovely Janice, the charismatic Chris, the love, the awesome Aubrey. Um, we now have a new lady at the front. Her name, we're going to call her the, the Caring Kara. You know, she's one of the most caring, nice, sweetest ladies you're ever going to meet in your whole, whole, whole life. Sure is. But the reason we've brought Kara in is because we've made a big advancement for the awesome Aubrey. We sent Aubrey back to school. She got her enrolled agent's license, and she is now doing, uh, is working with Janice doing the uh, tax prep. She's also taking on accounting work, um, just anything in the line of, of bookkeeping, uh, payroll, anything that, 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 that people need. But it's kind of opening a new chapter for SRG Financial, and especially for the awesome Aubrey, she's really uh, she's really kind of taken to this to like a, a, a duck to water. Now, the thing that always got us started in the idea of of looking at taxes is mm-hmm. that, you know, for years 
You've heard me tell this story, but it's a good story. Someone tell it again. For years when I would do seminars or public speaking of any kind, I would almost always start off the presentation by a little question and answer at the beginning. I'd start out by saying, how many people here have a tax preparer, CPA, accountant, somebody that does their, their taxes for them? And virtually everyone in the room would always raise their hand. Almost everybody has somebody help them do their taxes. I'd say, okay, and how many here have got a financial advisor, an insurance agent, or somebody that works with them with their finances to, you know, kind of give them a little advice on the finances? Mm -hmm. Once again, the majority of the people would raise their hand. Then the next question would be, when was the last time that your tax preparer and your financial advisor ever had a conversation about how to save you taxes as you're going forward? No hands would go up, ever. So I always knew that that was a disconnect that was happening. The problem has always been that um, tax preparers, people that do taxes, they're looking in that rearview mirror. And what I mean by that is, is they're taking the history, the things that have already happened. You know, when by the time you by the time you get to this uh, uh, this time of the year, and the and the 1099s and the W2s start going out. Uh, your last year is done. There's nothing you can do to change that history. There's, you know, there's, there's, you're, you're definitely limited as to what you can do tax-wise to try to make your tax situation better. It is just flat too late. And when we talk about the tax preparation industry, that's what they deal with is everything that has happened in the past. You know, routinely what you see happen is you'll have uh, gets to be December, early January, and people start kind of digging through all of their paperwork. They start receiving a few things in the mail, so they start putting things together for the taxes. So they gather up all their history, everything that happened last year. They get it into a pile. They bring it into the tax preparer. They drop it off, and they're hoping that they can get that tax return prepared before April 15th so they don't have any taxes or, or any penalties on those taxes or right. interest that they have to pay, that kind of stuff. And uh, most tax preparers are so swamped at that time of the year that when you come to pick up your return, the discussion of what might I do to be able to save money on taxes going forward um, – it doesn't happen. You know, there's good intentions. The thought is, is, well, let me get slowed down, and then uh, sometime in the middle of the summer or something, we'll get together and we'll talk about and look and see if there's something we can do to reduce that tax burden. Unfortunately, life swallows people whole. Next thing you know, it's late December, early January, and you're gathering your stuff up again to get ready to go through that same cycle all over again. So we've always taken the approach of looking at the idea of saying, okay, yes, got to do the taxes. We've got to look at that history, but we need some way to be able to be looking through the windshield rather than the rearview mirror. Well, that's where SRG Financial comes in and gets involved is that that is the area that all of our, all of the financial advisors that work here, that's what we do. We look at taxes looking forward rather than history. So one of the things that we like to do is um, when you come to pick up the tax return, Let's do a exit meeting to look and see is there anything, because most of the time when you're picking up taxes, it's still very early in the year. You know, if you've been timely in getting them in to get them prepared, then then for sure you're going to have them out the door by April 15th. But uh, that gives you a, a good part of the year to be able to make adjustments. But if we can do that exit meeting, 
take a look and kind of discuss, okay, here's, here's, uh, uh, here's why you paid more in taxes this year. And see, once you identify that, then you look and see, are there some solutions that we could do? Is, and, and the amazing thing is sometimes it's as simple as, as moving money from one pocket to another just because of the way that the taxes are handled with wherever it is that you've got the money at this point. Mm-hmm. A lot of different odd end things like that. But we know that it is very, very, very important that uh, – uh, everybody that pays taxes at least gets a little bit of coaching to see is there some way that you can pay less as you are moving forward. So with that, now having uh, uh, having Aubrey uh, taking on uh, tax returns, we now have the ability to anybody that if you if you need something done with your taxes, give us a holler. Be more right. than happy to sit down and have that conversation with you. But more importantly, is let's figure out and see. You know, is there any way that we can save some dollars on taxes? I am I'm one of those guys that I want to pay every dime that I owe. Right. I don't want to pay a dime more. Exactly. You know, <laughs> and I, 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 I'm not looking to for ways to be able to cheat the IRS out of money, but I'm certainly always looking for ways. Um, is there some way that we can have some sort of legal tax avoidance? Is there some way that, uh, once again, like I said, sometimes how you earn money has a definite difference in how much that relates to taxes that you end up paying. So, um just wanted to be sure everybody out there kind of knew that uh, uh, we were in that position. Holler if there's something that we can help with. If you have a question, give us a give us a give us a question, give us a holler, and we'll be more than happy to answer that question. Most of the time, you bring in your W twos and your 1099s, and you get it all done, and you're praying and hoping that you get a refund of some sort. And that's still, I still have a tough time wrapping my head around the word refund because it's your money. It is your money. Yeah. Uh, It's not, it's not a refund, but anyway, um, well, you know, you you just hit on something. That's a conversation that we have with people quite often. Yeah. You know, and you know, the lovely Janice, if you talk about a a refund, the first question she's going to ask you is saying, do you like getting that money at this time of year? And there are some people that almost look at a tax return as a forced savings account. Yeah. You know, they'll put money in the, in, into the federal government all year with the idea of it. I'm going to get a lump sum back and I need that. I'm horrible at saving money. I'm right. not good at doing that. So this is one way that I know that at least once a year, I'm going to have a, an infusion of cash around tax time uh, that I can go do something with. That's a great thing. You can use that as a planning tool. You can say, you know, if that's what you want to do, mm-hmm. um, we're going to show you an alternative. We're going to say, you know what, rather than doing that, let's do an automatic deposit over here into an account that you'll earn interest on rather yeah. than something that you won't get any money on. Right. But still, that's a conversation that needs to be had. But, you know, Janice likes to do a tax return where, you know, me personally, I want to owe when it's on April 15th, I always owe taxes because I'm self-employed and I pay in quarterly. But on April 15th, I want to owe a hundred dollars or less because that way I know I'm not going to have any penalties. I'm not going to have any problems, you know, with the IRS as far as, as, as what I've paid in. But once again, I don't want them setting on my money, not earning any interest. So, but that's not everybody, and that's the, one of the nice things about the tax code. It allows you to kind of tailor what it is you're doing um, with what you want to ultimately have happen. Do you want to you know, break even on April 15th? There's lots of calculations you can do throughout the year, and we yeah. help people do that all the time so that by the time April 15th comes, they don't even write a check. They just send it in, and we're you know, pretty much even with, with what it is that, that it is owed. 
But then, you know, um, there are people out there that really like getting that check. I know you do. Well, you, like you know, man, I, one way or the other, it, you know, I, I just don't like owing a whole lot of money. Sure. Uh, it kind of depends on your situation, but I, I wonder how many places, how many people actually offer the exit meeting with the taxes. They sit down and they say, before I give you this, before you sign anything, let's discuss, you know, how things finished up mm-hmm. from last year and see what we can do to bring, if you do owe every year or if you uh, traditionally like to get a check back give you some options so that rather than taking that money and automatically, because the thing about it is, is a lot of people start thinking about what they want to do with the money. Mm-hmm. And there are, of course, they pre-spend it almost. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And there are tons of advertisements that you see on TV. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, and a lot of, you know, uh, there's some things that you really have to watch because there are a lot of companies that will have you come in and you don't even have to prepare your taxes. They'll give you money up front and then wherever you're at with your taxes, well, you know, you think, well, I'll just pay the whole thing back. Doesn't always work that way. Right. Yeah. And then you get into dealing with not only uh, issues that you might have with the IRS, but then issues that you're going to have with this company that loaned you this money up front because they expect it paid back, and you don't read the fine print, and I'm sure the interest rate is just off the scale. I'm, you know, I'm sure it is too. I mean, if you don't do everything, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the, the credit card, buy furniture, five years, no payments, interest, uh-huh. you know, no interest on for for however long. Right. But if you read the fine print, you find out if you hiccup just a little bit somewhere along not your fault somebody's fault yeah. doesn't matter whose fault right. if you haven't done it exactly right all of a sudden you owe all the back interest with all everything that goes along with that so you're right there are some predators out there that 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 do that the good news is is that the irs has put a lot more restrictions on preparers uh-huh. Preparers have to have a lot more education these days than they did in the past used to be i mean gosh we went back I don't know, probably 10, 12 years ago, um, if you woke up this morning and decided you wanted to do tax returns and have no idea what it is you're even doing, there's no reason why you couldn't have hung a shingle and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do your tax return for you. That's not the case these days. No. You, you, you've got to have a preparer's number, and that preparer's number comes with a whole bunch of restrictions to be able to make that happen. Sure. So that's helped in some regards to what you're talking about. But there are modified versions that, like you, like you were saying, you can get money up front mm-hmm. based on the guesstimate of what your tax return is going to be, um, you know, probably the one industry that I see that inflates most this time of year is look at used car lots. Anytime you start getting about this time of year, you start seeing those car lots getting more and more and more automobiles sitting on them because they know everybody's going to have that lump sum of cash. Uh-huh. And it's the opportunity to say, yep, this might be, you know, I can buy another car that will maybe last me another year until I get my tax return next year. You know, I know people that actually have done that over, you know, that they've kind of lived that way and that, you know, let's have that, let, let, let's have a yearly car that we get our tax return money and we'll go buy one and hope that it lasts until next year when we get the tax return again um but you know furniture stores any any big ticket item um you're going to see all kinds of advertisements and stuff that are kind of keyed around the idea of people getting that tax money back and 
gosh, I just wish that I could sit down with everybody and have a conversation about learn how to do that for yourself rather than, you know, rather than giving that money to the government and then expecting the money to get for that to come back. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know you over the years have had times when you've waited for that tax money to come back and you're kind of at the mercy of whenever it comes. <laughs> I mean, that's right. It's almost like you just want to give them the information, <clears throat> sign where you have to sign, and you don't want to know. I guess you do if you want to, you know, stay out of trouble whether or not you owe, because on the 15th, any money you owe has to be paid. Absolutely. And then they'll worry about all the particulars afterwards. Yes. And if I do have money coming back, maybe I don't want to know about it. Maybe it's like, okay, we'll just we'll let it sit there for a while. Right, right. Put it someplace where it can, it can work for me. Right. Rather than just taking whatever you get. And then turning around and, um, I don't know, spending it on uh, something frivolous like a vacation or a TV or a car or or anything else that you may have. But, you know, if that's what you need, that's what you do. You know, know, sometimes you just do what you got to do. The worst thing that that we see and experience here is we've got a lot of self-employed people here at the Lake of the Ozarks. Right. And self-employed taxes can be tough. And what I mean by that is... I mean, if you got a big business that makes a whole lot of money and you've got money to be able to pay those taxes, that's great. But if you've got a business that might be seasonal, for yeah. example, you know, if you're a summertime business, and then all of a sudden in January, you now have to come up with some money for taxes to, you know, keep yourself whole. That ends up becoming a huge, big issue. Don't I know it? Should have, yeah, should have been a budget <laughs> item, you know, throughout the year. That's, you know, Janice is on you all the time about KB putting money in, send some money into the IRS, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and the idea is, is we don't want you to wake up in January or February and all of a sudden go, oh my gosh, now I've got to come up with a big chunk of money to send it in. And that's, you know, I've said often, everybody needs to be self-employed for at least a little while in their life so they understand just exactly how this system works because um, the IRS has definitely taken advantage of employers to do a lot of the back-breaking work that the IRS now does not have to do because the employer now withholds the money and the employee they just get the check and say, well, okay, this is the net amount. I learned how to live on that and whatever else. I don't know who this FICA guy is, but he sure takes a big chunk of my check every <laughs> yeah, week. You know? Right. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it, you know, it ends up making it simple for the IRS, ends up making it simple for the employee uh, until tax time comes. Employee well, then still has to try to get that money back. I advise you to get a little exit strategy with your tax preparation and your tax returns and you can get that here at SRG Financial Advisors and I will throw their number out there that you can call anytime at 573-302-7212. Make the call folks, you'll be surprised at just exactly what it is uh, you learn about the tax preparation process and how to uh, utilize that money to the best of your ability. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And the awesome Aubrey, how much uh, time does she have left before she uh, comes back? Well, she is, um, actually, she was back in yesterday. She's on maternity leave right right now. And uh, um, she's going to be kind of doing a hybrid thing. She's going to be working at home part-time and here part-time. So you're going to be seeing her coming back and forth. Very good. uh, This is is new ground for all of us. This is kind of an exciting thing. It certainly is. And uh, check it out with the good folks here at SRG Financial Advisors. Professor Jim Paisley after the break. Stacey Johnson with LakeExpo.com, Chris Schneider with Lake TV, and we thank you for joining us on The Daily Show. 
the Lake of the Ozarks' only community radio station. That's right, you've got a hand in it, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, February 1st. School of the Osage says they're not changing the school mascot. The removal of the Osage Indian mascot from the walls of the gym at Heritage Elementary had people worried. Some folks wondered whether the district would be changing its mascot, but the district's director of communications says they're just updating the facilities. The district says it's proud to be School of the Osage, home of the Indians. This year's Lake of the Ozarks Eagle Days brought an estimated 1,300 people to enjoy seeing local birds of prey in action. The World Bird Sanctuary featured species of birds that had not been showcased at the event before. The Encore Lakeside Grill opened their doors, and Dickerson Park Zoo brought two different programs, vendors, and contests. If you missed this year, Eagle Days 2024 is already scheduled for January 6th. And two people were injured Monday in a crash on Highway 5. 41-year-old Joshua Johnson was driving when the vehicle began to skid, ran out the right side of the road, and collided with an embankment. The vehicle overturned and ejected both people. Johnson and 36-year-old Emily Compton both sustained moderate injuries and were transported to Lake Regional Hospital. According to the report, neither Compton nor Johnson was wearing a seatbelt. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. We've got some uh, college hoops on the way tonight. Mizzou having a great season. The Tigers 16-5. and They come off a win over number 12 Iowa State over the weekend. They look to keep it rolling tonight at home against LSU. Mizzou 16-5. and The MSU Bears just 11-11 struggling this year. They're at home tonight as well against Valpo. Of course, the Chiefs with a little time off to get ready for the Super Bowl. They will take on the Eagles a week from Sunday. Philly installed as the early slight favorite to win that. Of course, the Eagles coming off the huge blowout win over the injury-riddled 49ers. The Chiefs got a last-second win at home over Cincinnati to advance, but the Chiefs, a lot of injuries, too. They're going to have to heal up if they're going to win that one. The Chiefs and Eagles have been the best teams, really, in the NFL all year long, record-wise. Both teams 16-3 and going into the Super Bowl. Ought to be a good one. High school hoops taking a break 
until Friday night. Camdenton will be busy at home against Parkview. Versailles will be on the road to play Osage. In fact, we'll have those games for you on Lake TV Friday night. First the girls game and then the boys game. Versailles at Osage. Friday night, the girls tip off at 6, and the boys right after that on Lake TV. Eldon will be busy at home against Fulton Friday, a top 10 team in the state, and uh, that ought to be a tough one for the Mustangs there. St. Louis Blues off until Saturday when they entertain the Coyotes. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the Community Spotlight Show. Get to know a local leader a lot better. Find out where they came from, how they got to where they are, and so much more. It's a Community Spotlight Show on Lake TV at 902, 302, and 702 every day. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Lake TV brings you five local shows to let you know what's going on and help you get to know our area's movers and shakers. Lake TV also brings you live high school football and basketball and a weekly coaches show. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. Jumpstart the new year and increase your customer base by getting in front of hundreds of potential clients at the annual Home, Business, and Lake Living Expo. The 2023 Expo is scheduled for February 17th and 18th at the Regalia Hotel and Conference Center. In just one weekend, you can showcase your products and services to full-time and secondary homeowners while also networking with fellow businesses. Booth space is filling up fast, so be sure to reserve your spot today. Visit CamdenTonChamber.com for full event details and to download your exhibitor application. We're introducing something new on Key Radio called Ozark's Voices. Express yourself anytime on the air without commitments or radio skills. Just email billm at orioncenter.org and I'll contact you about recording anything from five minutes to a half hour. We can record by phone or in my office or you can record it and send it to me. It can be a monologue or a conversation, whatever works best for you. Then I'll produce it as part of an Ozarks Voices show on Key Radio. Any topic is fine. Hobbies, comments about lake happenings, conspiracy theories, or say hi to Grandma. I'll make sure you sound great. Send a message to billm at orioncenter.org. That's B-I-L-L-M at O-R-I-O-N-C-E-N-T-E-R dot org. And be a part of Ozarks Voices.
thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, The Key. Right back here at 9.10 on this first day of February 2023. What a wonderful day it is. A great day to be alive and live at the lake. And we were talking about groundhogs, and apparently there's one around here somewhere because Lightning the Wonder Dog got on the groundhog and, uh, well... <laughs> I don't think uh, I, I don't think he's going to be happy until he and the groundhog get to square off at some point today. Groundhog Day, of course, tomorrow, February the second, a uh, useless day as far as holidays are concerned. If you you know if you're asking my opinion, just a uh, a reason to um, whatever, whatever you want to do, <laughs> whatever you want to do. I you know everybody needs a reason to celebrate. But celebrating the fact that you've got a uh, a little rodent, uh, I don't know if it's a rodent or a mammal, it's probably one or... Critter. Something, critter. Call them critters go. down here in the Ozarks. 22 in Osage Beach, 20 in Camdenton, uh, 37 the expected high, clouds moving in, 23 the low tonight, back up to 46 tomorrow. Sunny and 36 on Friday, clouds and 53 on Saturday, sunny and 57 on Sunday, mostly cloudy and 61 on Monday, but uh, we're going to be loving that nice weather. I know <clears throat> somebody also over here will be chomping at the bit to uh, mm-hmm. get out and get his uh, his daily walk in. Hey, hey, want to go for a walk? Yeah, there you go. Time for a nap. <laughs> The true history professor Jim Paisley is in the studio with us as he is every Wednesday at 9:10. And uh, as is the case, we take something that's been going on here in this uh this particular era and we apply it to something that's happened in the previous era. And that era is uh well, we're going to discuss the Lend-Lease Act of 1941, but it has to do with the US and our allies loaning tanks to Ukraine. Can we do that? Can we do that? It's unbelievable. I think we can. I think we you have. Bet. And and so the question here is with what we're loaning these people. Loaning yes. the operative word in that sense. Right. Will we ever get it back? Well, you know, I I struggle with the idea of loaning munitions and getting those back. Yeah. You know. <laughs> here you go, here's an empty casing, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, this is... Uh, it's like when you lease a car, you know? Right. You lease a car, and then, you know, you lease it for, let's say, three years, and you take it back. And I guess the whole point is, is okay, initially we're going to lease this thing, but we love it so much, we'll buy it. Right. I don't necessarily think that the Ukrainians can buy tanks from the United States at this point. Maybe they can. I don't know. They've got a secret surplus somewhere. But when you bring that leased vehicle back and they go around it and look at it with a fine, go through it with a fine right. comb, right. it's probably better to just buy it. Yeah. And I mean, what's it worth? You know? Yeah. yeah. How, out, many... out, out of the particular owner or the leaser, uh, there's the leaser and the leasee, I guess. Right. How did the leaser uh, know that would be the leasee? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but, you know, how do they take care of it? Do they, uh, right. you know, park in the garage? Do they wash it a lot? Do they keep up on the maintenance? Well, like when they have a car with a flood and it, it winds up in a lot of Missouri, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of the same thing. Where's this tank been? A uh, little old lady had it in her garage. No. Drove it to it, church every Sunday. I think it was on the front lines in Ukraine. <laughs> it's got a dent in it. Yeah. You know, I, you know, maybe you can work with me on that. You can buff yeah. out. It'll buff out. Yeah. <laughs> go right ahead, sir. Yeah, okay. So here we go. Now, <clears throat> as you all know, 
the discussion now has been to give these tanks, loan these tanks to the Ukraine. And I kind of sat back when I heard this and thought, good grief, you know, here's history repeating itself again. And the thing is, is that in loaning these tanks, you know, there's a lot of questions pop up. One, if you're loaning tanks to somebody, are, are you not a participant in this conflict? Because we're claiming we're neutral still as part of NATO. And we're not, you know, we're not involved in the conflict. But when you're giving people tanks, what's the opposition say? Isn't this how things work in Vietnam? We sent over advisors, military advisors yes, at first? exactly. Exactly. And same thing. And so it's kind of interesting. Uh, I thought about World War II, where we had a Lend-Lease Act back then. And quite frankly, folks, whether you like it or not, Hitler would have been quite justified in going ahead and declaring war on the United States because we were giving England everything they needed to carry on the war. Now, here's where it gets interesting, is we are sitting here looking at giving these tanks along with Germany and Poland and several others, and a Russian company today said that it will offer 5 million rubles. Now, I had to look at that, 5 million rubles. That's $70,000 in U.S. dollars. They'll give 5, give, uh, five million rubles or $70,000 in cash to the first soldiers who destroy or capture a Western tank in the Ukraine. So they put a bounty out on these things. So they aren't going to come back unscathed, I don't think, KB. No. You know, they'll have a little scratch in the paint. Now, the United States, Germany, and more Western allies are all lining up to join England in sending dozens of heavy tanks to the Ukraine over the next few months. Okay. Now, <clears throat> here's the deal. The decision by the NATO allies has been criticized by the Kremlin as a dangerous escalation. And Moscow is warning that the new Western supplies will burn like all the rest. Okay, so again, are we escalating things by doing this? You know, you, and as soon as we gave, gave Ukraine the tanks, uh, Zelensky's sitting there saying now he'd like some F-15s. Well, you know, <laughs> why don't we just give him nukes while we're at it, you know? So you got to, there's a lot of questions you have to ask yourself, sure. right? Now, <clears throat> what happened now is uh, this Russian company, it's called Forez, F-O-R-E-S. It's a company, it's hard to figure out who they are really, and, you know, it's like everything else over there. Supposedly, they make supplies for the energy industry. Yeah, you figure that one out. Anyhow, they come out and are offering cash payments to these Russian servicemen who capture or destroy any Leopard 2 or U.S. Abrams tanks. And, again, like I said, they'll give $70,000 to the first Russian soldier to destroy one of the tanks and 500,000 rubles or $7,000 for every tank thereafter. So... Bottom line is, you know, if you single these things out and you do a good job, you're going you're gonna to get some cash out of the deal. So, great. you know, yeah, right. It's great, isn't it? Now, the company said it'll, it, it's going to pay this money. And echoing language used by Russian officials, the pro-war state TV host uh, said that NATO is pumping Ukraine an unlimited amount of arms and escalating the conflict. Therefore, they're justified in putting this bounty out on these things. They also said that they would pay 15 million rubles, which is $210,000, bounty on Western-made fighter jets should they ever be delivered to the Ukraine. 
So bottom line is anything we're going to send over there is going to have a bounty on it. And you can bet if you're in the middle of a, an engagement or tactics or whatever, you know, those soldiers are going to be looking and say, well, there's, there's some cash right there. Let's go after that instead. The heck with taking this fuel depot. There's a $210,000 payday if I can knock that jet out of the sky. Okay. So this makes things a lot more interesting. Now, Washington has said they're sending 31 of our Abrams tanks to the Ukraine. While Berlin will initially supply 14 of their Leopard 2 tanks and give permission to other NATO countries, including Poland, Norway, Finland, and Spain, to deliver their own tanks to Kiev. Um, and the deal is, is the German Leopard tanks, uh, they've given them to those other nations, and, and they can't give it to somebody else without Germany's permission. Okay. Now, the U.K. has already said it'll send 14 of their Ch- Challenger 2 tanks, and <clears throat> Ukrainian troops on Saturday landed in England to learn how to use the next-generation general- battle tanks. And as a side note here, KB, uh, I wasn't in the military, but I have, have had the opportunity to drive one of these tanks, and it is so cool. I mean, they are something else. You've driven a tank? Yes, yes. I uh, I did some work for Vincennes University and taught some military guys some history courses. And, and in reciprocation, they let me drive their tank. Outstanding. <laughs> yes. And what's really cool about it is you, you get up in the front of that thing. That's where the driver is. And you sit in this chair and you pull a couple of levers. And when you it pulls the seat up and then drops down out of the, out of the roof is a set of handlebars just like a motorcycle. And it drives the same way. It's, it steers like one. It's got the handbrake and the twist throttle and all that. It's it's a hoot to drive. Yeah. You know. Outstanding. I know. I know. Marvelous. Yeah. So, you know, the job does have some perks every now and again. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they, they wouldn't let me uh, They wouldn't let me uh, drive the thing that had the rockets on the top of it. <laughs> 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 they had to draw the line somewhere. I, I got guess. to look at it and sit in it, but they wouldn't let me drive that one. So, anyhow... <clears throat> The U.K. is supplying these things, and they're going to train some soldiers how to operate them. Now, <clears throat> that's a total of 321 heavy tanks have been promised to the Ukraine. All right? And <clears throat> so here we go. We're, we're going to escalate things considerably. Now, basically, in doing this, I have to step back a little bit and say, you know, is Moscow, is Putin and the gang, with us supplying all this stuff, are are we provoking them? Is this going to make things even worse? Right. You know, so I mean, and if we're going to do this, then why not go all in and finish this thing? You know, sitting on the side playing a proxy war is is, is just going to extend this thing. I mean, if, truth be known, if we wanted the Russians out of that part of Ukraine, our military and the rest of Europe's military could make it fast work of it. But instead, we're playing this game, trickling stuff to them, you know, and I know they said they were going to send Patriot missiles, I think, along with this. So it it brings so many questions to the forefront, okay? Now, I found another great article talking about this very issue, and the thing was is, is people started asking, how are we able to continue supply arms to the Ukraine while claiming that we're a neutral, all right? We're neutral in this thing. Now, you know, we're sending billions of dollars worth of equipment, all right? Well, now, here's something that most people probably aren't aware of. Joe Biden, on May the 9th of 2022, 
Now, this this is kind of a shocker because this is one of those things that happens, and people like you know it, I'm sure it was on page nine of the news, and nobody paid any attention. But Biden signed into law something called the Ukraine Democracy Defense Lend Lease Act in May of 2022. Now, what this did is it authorized the administration through the end of this coming this year, 2023, to lend or lease military equipment to Ukraine and other Eastern European countries. So he did it. He, I mean, this thing was passed and shot through. And it basically said, here, you can you can loan these guys this stuff. You know, now, of all the things they debate and all the stuff they're arguing over, all these documents and all this other crap that they talk about on the news, mm-hmm. wouldn't that one have been pretty pretty big to turn around and say, wait a minute, are, you're saying we're going to loan everything Ukraine needs to fight this war. But, you know, I don't remember any big to-do, do you, on the news? No. 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 So, you know, they kind of slicked that through there. All right. Now, <clears throat> what this does, they said any loan of military equipment to Ukraine is still be subject to all applicable laws concerning the return of the equipment. Now, basically, I thought, OK, why did they why did they even do this this way? Well, the trick to it is, is if you aren't on a lend lease type thing. Now, if you're just supplying this stuff, OK, and selling it to them. Well, now you fall under all sorts of different worldwide regulations as to what type of things you can loan what or, or sell, what types of, uh, of equipment they can have, the technology, all these other things. Because other nations have a lot you know, to think about here when you're doing this as well. Well, by doing it this way, we can just bypass all those requirements and we're just doing our own thing. Here you go. Here's a tank. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks. Right. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. Now, basically, this lend lease has been used before, and that's that's where you know it kind of piqued my interest, because a lot of people don't realize we set up the same sort of thing with Great Britain in World War II. Now, at that time, we basically gave them fifty point one billion dollars with a B. Now, that's equivalent today to $690 billion worth of equipment. $690 billion, okay, in 41. Now, <clears throat> we even delivered, all right? We're kind of like Walmart. You know, you, you order it, we'll bring it to you. And that's what the Merchant Marine and all those guys were hauling is all this equipment over there to help them, mm-hmm. right? In all, $31.4 billion went to the United Kingdom, $3.2 billion to France, $1.6 billion to China, $11.3 billion to, yes, the Soviet Union, and the remaining $2.6 billion to the other allies. So we're Walmart. We're turning around and loaning all this stuff all right now again this is tanks jeeps planes munitions artillery you name it everything you need to conduct a war along with things like uniforms and food and boots and all the other stuff okay so i mean this is this is just fascinating to me and 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 here's you know here's here's another thing to think about here and boy this would be a good one for for bill Cass to discuss in world war one we're standing on the sidelines. We're not in that thing at all. And so when the war breaks out, you've got England and Germany and France, all the same players, and I hear they're going. And nobody had what they needed to conduct this war, but we did. 
we had the manufacturing base, and our factories are doing fine, so we build everything they needed. And back then, we didn't care. We were Walmart. We'd sell to anybody. We'll sell to the Germans, the French, anybody. We're making a fortune. Well, the problem is they ran out of money. Okay, France and England ran out of money during that war, and so they borrowed. Okay, they they just borrowed. The, they bought the stuff, but you know, IOU. Right. Well, at the end of the war, they owed us a fortune, billions of dollars, and bottom line is they'd spent everything they had to conduct the war. They won, but they didn't have any money to pay us back. And so what happened is, is we're carrying these huge loans from France and England. All right, this is after World War I, and we go into the roaring 20s, and things are going great here because we've, we've made all this money selling all this junk to these guys during the war. Well, lo and behold, when the Great Depression hits, and we're flat broke, the market collapses, well, the first thing the banks are going to do when the market collapses is they're going to say, who owes us money? And they turn around, and they look at France and England and said, hey, dudes, you owe us billions of dollars, and we're hurting over here. Pay up. We call the notes due. Mm-hmm. Well, when we did that, it triggered the same depression throughout Europe. We called the notes due on them, and so it became a worldwide depression. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot to think about when you do these sort of things, right? Now, when we entered into World War II, what we saw happen is that FDR knew the history of this, you know, about borrowing this. And he's trying to figure, you know, he knew there's no way in the world that we're going to turn around and get ourselves in a situation again where, where they owe us billions of dollars. They, he turned around and said, what we'll do is we'll get around it because he knew he couldn't get Congress to do it. We'll loan England what they need to fight the war. Mm-hmm. This was the Lend-Lease Act. So he signed his own Lend-Lease Act back in 1941. Now, <clears throat> it, it's, it's fascinating because in the decades following World War I, Americans were totally uh, afraid of getting involved in another costly war. They said that screwed everything up for us economically because of the First World War. And so basically people are saying, no, we don't want to get involved in that war. That Second World War. And and think about this, folks. That war started in 39. It was 41 before we got involved, and that's just because the Japanese attacked us. So, you know, why weren't we involved in it before? We'd been there, done that. We didn't want to get involved in it again. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and not to mention the fact, uh, you're from St. Louis. Uh, when I was living there, there were a lot of Italian neighborhoods, a lot of German neighborhoods. <laughs> and so, you sure. know, yeah, and trying to get those people to turn around and get on board with getting involved in a conflict where, in many cases, we'd be sending munitions and supplies to uh, and, and troops to bomb grandma and grandpa. And so there was a huge portion of the American population said, absolutely not. We're not, we're not even beginning to be interested in, breaking, in, in, in going in and, and attacking our, our fatherland. Yeah. Good place to uh, jump in with a break. We encourage you to stick around because after the break, we'll continue on with our discussion with Professor Jim Paisley, the true history professor. Kind of an interesting situation. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, uh, I hope that, I wonder if anybody takes notes when you're in here. I don't know. I think every once in a while you ought to give a quiz. <laughs> right, yeah. Just yeah. to see who's paying attention. Test will be Thursday. Yes. <laughs> it is uh, just about 9.30 on the Midwest Coast. We're going to step aside. We'll bring you one more round of information from Stacy Johnson and our media partners at lakeexpo.com. We'll also hear from Chris Schneider, our media partners at Lake TV, with a check of sports. Good stuff this morning, folks. Can't beat it. And it uh, doesn't cost you a dime. Unless, of course, you would like to donate to 
uh, the uh, key radio. And, uh, well, maybe uh, you want to donate to the Daily I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, February 1st. School of the Osage says they're not changing the school mascot. The removal of the Osage Indian mascot from the walls of the gym at Heritage Elementary had people worried. Some folks wondered whether the district would be changing its mascot, but the district's director of communications says they're just updating the facilities. The district says it's proud to be School of the Osage, home of the Indians. This year's Lake of the Ozarks Eagle Days brought an estimated 1,300 people to enjoy seeing local birds of prey in action. The World Bird Sanctuary featured species of birds that had not been showcased at the event before. The Encore Lakeside Grill opened their doors, and Dickerson Park Zoo brought two different programs, vendors, and contests. If you missed this year, Eagle Days 2024 is already scheduled for January 6th. And two people were injured Monday in a crash on Highway 5. 41-year-old Joshua Johnson was driving when the vehicle began to skid, ran off the right side of the road, and collided with an embankment. The vehicle overturned and ejected both people. Johnson and 36-year-old Emily Compton both sustained moderate injuries and were transported to Lake Regional Hospital. According to the report, neither Compton nor Johnson was wearing a seatbelt. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739-573-378-8739. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. We've got some uh, college hoops on the way tonight. Mizzou having a great season. The Tigers 16-5. and They come off a win over number 12 Iowa State over the weekend. They look to keep it rolling tonight at home against LSU. Mizzou 16-5. and The MSU Bears just 11-11 struggling this year. They're at home tonight as well against Valpo. Of course, the Chiefs with a little time off to get ready for the Super Bowl. They will take on the Eagles a week from Sunday. Philly installed as the early slight favorite to win that. Of course, the Eagles coming off the huge blowout win over the injury-riddled 49ers. The Chiefs got a last-second win at home over Cincinnati to advance, but the Chiefs, a lot of injuries, too. They're going to have to heal up if they're going to win that one. The Chiefs and Eagles have been the best teams, really, in the NFL all year long, record-wise. Both teams 16-3 and going into the Super Bowl. Ought to be a good one. High school hoops taking a break until Friday night. Camdenton will be busy at home against Parkview. Versailles will be on the road to play Osage. In fact, we'll have those games for you on Lake TV Friday night. First the girls game and then the boys game. Versailles at Osage 
Friday night, the girls tip off at 6, and the boys right after that on Lake TV. Eldon will be busy at home against Fulton Friday, a top 10 team in the state, and uh, that ought to be a tough one for the Mustangs there. St. Louis Blues off until Saturday when they entertain the Coyotes. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including the Community Spotlight Show. Get to know a local leader a lot better. Find out where they came from, how they got to where they are, and so much more. It's a Community Spotlight Show on Lake TV at 902, 302, and 702 every day. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Jumpstart the new year and increase your customer base by getting in front of hundreds of potential clients at the annual Home, Business, and Lake Living Expo. The 2023 Expo is scheduled for February 17th and 18th at the Regalia Hotel and Conference Center. In just one weekend, you can showcase your products and services to full-time and secondary homeowners while also networking with fellow businesses. Booth space is filling up fast, so be sure to reserve your spot today. Visit CamdenTonChamber.com for full event details and to download your exhibitor application. This is Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. Not so well known, but nevertheless intriguing, is the South American connection to dinosaurs. Joe Taylor offers a cast at the Mount Blanco Fossil Museum of ceremonial burial stones from the Ica province of Peru, bearing depictions of dinosaur-like creatures. Spanish conquistadors brought back stories about these stones with strange creatures carved on them. They were produced long before the modern discovery of dinosaurs. Over 1,100 of these stones have been collected by Dr. Dr. Javier Cabrera, son of the modern discoverer of these artifacts. Skeptics claim they are forgeries because opportunistic locals reproduced them for tourists, but there were no tourists at the time of the conquistadors. The original Ica stones collected by the Cabrera family came from tombs dated to be over a thousand years old and are convincing testimony that living dinosaurs were observed by Peruvian natives. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Key Radio is a nonprofit radio station that works with local residents in the Lake of the Ozarks community. Our goal is to provide a positive platform for content that addresses a variety of topics while also giving people the opportunity to find out more about what's going on in our own backyard. Key Radio uses donations to bring you all of the information. So, if you like what you hear and you'd like to help us continue our mission, please reach out to us at keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. Businesses, individuals, and content providers power the programming that you hear on Key Radio. To inquire about making your tax-deductible donation, go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio or call 573-280-0532. 573-280-0532. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Key Gathering Place is presenting an eight-week series created by the Patriot Academy, beginning Friday, February 17 from 6 to 8 p.m. The format is video followed by discussion. Bible believers need to grasp the relationship between serving God and preserving our freedoms. You will learn how America's founders study biblical principles to secure the blessings of liberty. The class is free and an optional workbook is available. Register at www.keygatheringplace.com calendar. This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio Lake of the Ozarks with 89.3, The Key.
Hey, it's 938, and thank you so much for being a part of The Daily Show. On the program tomorrow, we'll talk to Mindy Sales, and uh, Danny Ellison will uh, join us in the 9 o'clock hour to do his weekly ranting and raving. We'll talk to, we're not going to be talking with Bev Allen, uh, but we will be talking with someone from Concerned Women for America of Missouri, and we'll also be talking with Dave Maupin, get the latest on uh, his blog, Among the Dogwoods. Next week, uh, David Stokes, one of the folks that will join me from the Show Me Institute on Monday. We're also uh, putting out some feelers for a couple of other folks, and uh, I will let you know a little bit more after I get done taking care of some uh, business today as far as who we are going to uh, get on the program. Our conversation continues on with Professor Jim Paisley, the Lend-Lease Act of 1941, and does it apply today? We were talking, of course, about the United States loaning loaning tanks to Ukraine, and so how some of these things uh, happened back during World War One, and uh, how it uh, triggered a, uh, a almost a global depression, mm-hmm. because as uh, Professor Paisley told us, uh, you know, we helped out France and Germany in World War One, and they didn't have enough money to pay us back. France so, and England. France yes. and England, I'm yes. sorry. Yes. France and England in uh, in World War One, and they didn't have enough money to pay us back. So when mm-hmm. we called the note due with those two countries, it uh, triggered a depression in France mm-hmm. and England. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, was kind of an interesting situation. And correct me if I'm wrong, it always seems like when the economy is taking a beating, as we've seen in the past, mm-hmm. Somehow, some way, we end up in a war. Mm-hmm. And do we end up in a war not necessarily because we are, you know, needing to go over and beat the hell out of somebody and put them in their place? Do we do it to stimulate the economy? This is a great question because uh, you'll hear a lot on the news about the military industrial complex. Um, and basically, what that boils down to, whether we like it or not, folks, is when we're involved in a conflict, we make a lot of money because we make the best weapons. We make make a lot of it. And the more more that they use wherever the conflict is in the world, the more somebody back over here is building these things. And we're, you know, the, they're, these industrialists are making a lot of money. So, yeah, it stimulates the economy. Now, in, in the movie, what was it, JFK, mm-hmm. um, Kevin Costner's in that movie. Mm-hmm. And... They show a, uh, a meeting between uh, all of these members, the the higher ups, the heads mm-hmm. of the military, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons they didn't want to pull out of Vietnam is because they wanted to continue, you know, the military machine, right? Making uh, making the money, right? And supplying these people with uh, weapons, and so some people say that's the truth. Some people say no, it's not the truth. I guess it's whatever theory that you subscribe to. However. Right. I could see where something like that uh, makes sense. Exactly. Well, makes sense to those people. Well, and here again, you know, this is this would probably be a great topic for Bill and I to do together on here, and that, uh, you know, who's paying these contractors? Okay, it's a government contract, so the government is paying these industrialists. All right. So how do they do it? They print more money, uh-huh. and as they print more money, we all know that that drives the inflation. So, you know, the industrialists are making a fortune, but in driving up the or driving down the value of the dollar, you and I are getting a kind of a beating here. Right. So it, it is it's 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 this thing is like an octopus with like 
10 arms instead of eight. And so it, it's fascinating as you look at this. And, and what, what's, what I find most interesting is the fact that we've done this before and we haven't learned a damn thing, right. nothing. You know, I mean, we're we're going to do it again. So think about this it is in, in World War Two in 1939, when that war broke out, we're standing over here watching this thing again and thinking, oh, boy, here here goes Europe again going at this. Right. And Roosevelt persuaded Congress to sign something called the Neutrality Act of 1939. Okay, and this neutrality act allowed the sale of military supplies to the allies like France and England on a cash and carry basis. Okay, so we're not going to play this game of loaning them this stuff. We're going to cash and carry. All right. So bottom line is, is if they want it, we'll deliver it. They give us the cash and we come back and we load up again and take them another load. That was what Congress agreed to. All right. But by the summer of 1940, we all know that Germany is is just a juggernaut, and they're wiping out everybody that they run across. And so France and much of northern Europe all fell into the hands of the Nazis, and England is sitting out on their little island all by themselves going, help, what are we going to do, right? Right. And this is when the London Blitz took place with all the planes bombing the living daylights out of them. Hitler seemed to think he could just bomb them into submission. That didn't work. You had that little bulldog of a guy named Churchill. He'd crawl out of the dang bunker at the end of the night and give everybody the V for victory sign, and they'd, they wouldn't give up, all right? But Churchill then contacts Roosevelt and says, look, dude, we're, we're, we're getting Do you think devastated. he called him dude? Yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, they were good buddies. Yeah, I imagine he called him a lot of things. <laughs> but he basically, he appealed to Roosevelt that we got to have help. I mean, it, it's, you know, if you don't help us, then Hitler's going to take England, and then where are you going to be? Right. You aren't going to have anybody to sell anything to. And so, basically, these two agreed to, okay, even though we have the Neutrality Act that says it has to be cash and carry, England's out of money. So, Roosevelt said, tell you what I'll do. I'll give you 50, 50 American destroyers, Okay destroyers all right and i'm going to give them to you on a 99 year lease <laughs> how's that for a deal really yeah okay sure and basically he's going to give him these these ships all right in exchange for the england allowing us to build military bases in the caribbean and in newfoundland Okay, and they would be used as as naval, air, and sea bases. Okay, now, <laughs> you know, Hitler's got to be sitting here watching this and say, "What do you mean they've got fifty destroyers? Where'd they get them from?" Well, the U.S. you know signed a, a lease deal with them. All right, now that December, with England's currency and gold reserves down to nothing, Churchill warned Roosevelt that his country would not be able to pay cash for any of this, and he said, "All right, well." Do this trade thing. You let us build these bases in the Caribbean and stuff, and we'll give you 50 destroyers. Mm -hmm. All right? So that's how it started. Now, <clears throat> after hearing Churchill begging for, you know, some kind of help, FDR goes to Congress and says, look, we got to do something. We can't let England fall. And we'll basically have all of Europe under the dictatorship of an Adolf Hitler. Just isn't going to happen. All right? So... In 1940, Roosevelt introduced a new policy initiative whereby the United States would lend rather than sell military supplies to England. 
for use in the fight against Germany. That's where it all started. Okay, we started out saying we'll loan you some destroyers. Next thing you know, he's telling Congress we need to loan them tanks, planes, everything, munitions, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Okay, and <clears throat> this is where the famous famous uh, uh, term, the arsenal of democracy, comes from. That was Roosevelt came up with that. He said, we must be the great arsenal of democracy. And he uh, talked about this in one of his fireside chats, okay? And he said, for us, this is an emergency as serious as war itself. We must apply ourselves to our task with the same resolution, the same urgency, and the same spirit of patriotism and sacrifice as we would show if we were at war ourselves. So he's saying, this has to happen, okay? Now... Lend-Lease, as Roosevelt's plan came to be known, ran into all kinds of opposition, all right? And, and there again, the parallels here, KB, just blow my mind because you're hearing people now, you know, every time we want to give another $20 billion to Ukraine, there are members of Congress that are saying, stop, you know, wait, you know, how many billions are we going to give them? Where does this stop? So the exact same scenario that took place in 1940 is taking place again. You have Congress. Some of them are saying we should be isolationists. We shouldn't be provoked. You know, don't poke the bear, yeah. the Russian bear. Right. And others are saying, no, go all in, give them everything they need to win this thing. So, it, like, again, like I say, this has happened before. We're not, we're not novices to this. We're, we're right back in the fray again, okay? And, you know, you can look at history and see how it all played out. But again, you, you know, we didn't have – now we don't – thank God we don't have a Japan attacking us on the other side of the planet. But can you see how that scenario could play out? You know, you hear China over here rattling sabers. Here we are. We're, we're messing around over here in Europe supplying arms. Are we in a position to be doing that, supplying everything we need to Ukraine? At the same time, are we putting ourselves in a position where we're leaving ourselves open to somebody like China taking Taiwan? Because we can't carry on two fronts. And I think we did a show a couple weeks ago said, well, within seven weeks, we'd be out of munitions. Mm -hmm. You know, so again, uh, we're, we're repeating history and not learning a damn thing from it. Okay, there's there's my biggest concern. See, uh, hold on just a second. Uh-huh. I, you just said what I was thinking. Uh-huh. We don't have anybody, apparently, that thought about the fact that, you know, we went down this road before. Right. And the results weren't necessarily the desired results. Exactly. And we want to do it again. That's like socialism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just use that as an example. Okay. We've talked about how socialism works. Mm-hmm. We've talked about how communism works. Mm-hmm. Yet there are people in this day and age that are so arrogant that they think if you put democratic socialism, uh, the word democratic, right. in front of socialism, it's just going to change the whole ballgame. Right. <laughs> just, You're right. Just saying. And that's exactly right, KV. You know, we don't learn a damn thing from history. Now, my, well, I think some of us do. Right. But the people that we count on to make decisions... Apparently, they don't. Yeah, they skipped that class. They know more than everybody else. Right. They've got a little insider somewhere that apparently has something going on that you and I know absolutely nothing about. Right. And I'd love for one of these congressmen to step up to the plate and give this this talk I'm giving this morning to Congress. I think you should go do it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't don't rely on somebody else, man, because all I'll do is screw it up. Right. But, you know... 
it's not like I'm making this stuff up. It actually happened, you know. And the problem I have is, unfortunately, I think the other countries of the world, places our enemies like China and Iran and Afghanistan, they've they know the history, and they're, they they. These, you know, this stuff's but they're available. Not the people we want paying attention to, right? <laughs> and they're sitting there saying, you know, you, I'd love to see, you know, in China, there's got to be a bunch of them sitting around a table and said, are these guys not doing exactly what they did before? Exactly. Do they not see it? Right. Now we wound up loaning England a fortune. All right. Uh, we provided them fifty billion in aid, which equals six hundred and ninety billion dollars in modern dollars. $690 billion. So just transfer it over. You know, how much are we, are we loaning to Ukraine? And how much are we, did we loan to England and France? You see? So it, it's right there for everybody to see. All right? Now, <clears throat> as I say, the thing that triggered the whole mess was when Japan stepped into it. And I have to think that part of the reason why they did is they could see we're sending everything we have to Europe. Okay, we're we're so involved in that conflict, and and the Merchant Marine is sending all of our supplies. Everything we're building is going to Europe. China and Japan are sitting over there, and Japan looks at this as an opportunity to just say, "We're going to invade China. We'll just step in there, and we've always wanted them. Well, let's go take them because obviously these guys are all preoccupied with Europe, and we were." And that's that set us up, okay? And the unfortunate thing is we had to finish the fight in, in Europe before we could go after Japan, which gave them about two, three years to turn around and build up their industrial complex to where they were they were loaded for bear. They're dug in on those islands. They have all the, all the planes, everything they need to carry on the war. And so <clears throat> basically what we see is that much like Roosevelt's 41 program, this act that we have now, this lend-lease thing, allowed the U.S. government to lend and lease a wide range of military equipment to the Ukraine, and now we're escalating that. Now, so far, Biden has provided $27.1 billion. Now, bear in mind, if we go the path we did in the past, you know, he's got another $240 billion to equal what, what we saw Roosevelt do. So here's my question. Is this money being well spent? How long should we continue to provide Ukraine with these weapons? Should there be a cap on how much we give them? And the big one to me, will we ever be paid back? What happens if Ukraine loses? Well, <laughs> do we go to Putin and, yeah. <laughs> or the chef or whoever's the in chef control? The chef maybe can help us out here. Yeah. So, you know, isn't it a fascinating story? You know, and and we're sitting here watching it happen, and you don't hear anything about it. So we can't get a balanced budget in this country to save our lives. Right. Um, hundreds upon hundreds of bad decisions are made. Mm -hmm. Now we're giving, well, I say giving, lending mm -hmm. weapons to Ukraine, mm -hmm. which we may not get anything for. Mm-hmm. And we want to lift our de debt ceiling. And I, yes. <laughs> And you or me or anyone wants to go to the bank and borrow some money to take care of some issues, which, by all all uh, intents and purposes, somebody can go into the bank and borrow the money, and they've got good credit, and they've got mm -hmm. a means to pay it back, mm -hmm. yet that person will get kicked to the curb. They'll say, get out of here. Right. They take your house. <laughs> 
it's it's just to me uh, uh, shocking that nobody stupid can make these connections. You know, and and you know most of my information again. You know, I I get it from the European news. Okay, a lot of this today, you know, is is coming out of European news, and and see they know. I mean, this is what they're talking about. They know what happened before. They know what path we're going down. And like I say, now you hear these little tidbits off to the side, KB, about China and this Taiwan thing. Right. Well, the reason why you're hearing that is they're sitting back watching, and they're saying, okay, how much are they going to invest over there? You know, now they're taking the tanks. Next, they're going to take the jets over there. When we get it all over there, and we're we're full in dealing with with Ukraine and Russia. That's the time that everybody else is going to say, "Now we make our move." Mm-hmm. And and like and I said, they're going to be in the position to do it. Oh yeah, yeah. And speaking of calling somebody's note, yes. And what about the Chinese? Oh, absolutely. Because bear in mind, we owe them one point three trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, call our note due right that's in the I middle mean. of all. That's yeah. exactly what I mean. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, it, it, like I say, when it all went down the last time, uh, the the Japanese, first thing they did is they sank two British warships uh, off the coast of Egypt. Those were the only two allied ships that we had in all of Asia. When the war broke out and Japan came and attacked Pearl Harbor at the same time they hit all the bases that we had there in in Southeast Asia and and just leveled them took the two big ships out that the British had there and everything else that we had was in Europe and so when it came time to come back and try and fight the Japanese that's why we had such a hell of a time getting them because we were committed elsewhere and that, my friend, is is a huge, huge issue for us right now. I just, I just don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm literally speechless. Well, it is. It's just, you know, somebody needs to pay attention to this stuff. And like I say, we get so wrapped around the axle well, with, you know, uh, you can't, you know, the one I heard the other day, you can't say the word the anymore. Did you know that? T-H-E. Uh-huh. Because you can't say like, uh, uh, the the Virginians or the the uh, uh, refugees yeah. because that makes it singles it out that there is other refugees who aren't considered the refugees mm-hmm. or the Virginians or the Missourians. Mm. So now you can't say the. This is what we're concerned about right now, and you can see what I'm concerned about. I w- sometimes I wish. I was just sitting up on top of a hill somewhere. It's all smoke and mirrors at this point as to what people are concerned about in this country while this government takes upon itself any means necessary to solve a problem. Now, see, let's go back to the Bidens Uh and Ukraine. Yeah. And see if maybe a large part of this isn't due to what's happened in the past. Yeah. What were they doing there? You know, you know. Remember, Biden's the one that went over and fired that. Uh, told him they'd have to fire their uh, attorney general uh, because he was investigating his son. Uh-huh. And the next day, sure enough, they did. You know, so you you got to sit there, and that's years back. So you you got to step back and look at all of this. And there's a lot more going on to any of this than what. Don't most you of us think, think, though, 
being being the intelligent man that you are, don't you think that Ukraine knew and has always known for some time that Russia was eyeing them? Sure. And so maybe it became obvious or more of a threat. And so Ukraine decided to, oh, man, think about this for a second, how we talked about how the Russians might be involved <clears throat> in helping Trump win the presidency. Mm-hmm. What about the Ukrainians helping Biden? Biden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, it, 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 there's so many questions that arise out of this. And bear in mind, KB, you know, you you bring up a good point. Did Ukraine know that? Did Ukraine chill. know that that this was gonna, you know, that Russia was coming for him? Of course they did. The yeah. reason why they took when they took Crimea, when they took the Crimea, they they for they fought this all the way back. You know, God, I you know, for hundreds of years have been fighting over that to get a warm water port in the Crimea. Right. Once they got that, once they got that whole territory in there, then they wanted the rest of Ukraine. And the reason why, with that port, they're they're Kansas. Ukraine is Kansas, folks. They've Uh got all the grain and everything, and they have the port to ship that grain out. So, yeah, you know, they're a prize. You know, they don't care about the Ukrainian people. They're looking at what's the prize. Let's see who sits down and puts all this together. Yeah, yeah. Jim, what uh, what a great hour yet again. You've, Thanks, uh, you've done yourself proud, sir, yeah. and uh, the rest of us are just happy to be able to come along for the ride. There you go. Well, like I say, keep an eye on your news. There's a lot of tidbits there. Just like he predicted with the chef, and guess who was in the news? Folks, that's going to do it for The Daily Show today. I want to thank my guest, Professor Jim Paisley. I want to thank my guest, Mr. Bill LaCasse from SRG Financial Advisors, and I want to thank you for joining us. We're back here with more tomorrow morning starting at 8 a.m., on 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach.